0: Not a single, not a double, but a triple. Welcome to the Triple Option Podcast with Ryan Gregory and Devin Bell, a part of the Running Works Podcast
1: who's back? The Triple Option Pass podcast crew. That's right. I am co-host of Voss. And with me is the lovely co-host, Brian Gregory. It's been a while. Uh, work, you know how that stuff goes. How are we feeling, Brian?
0: You know, it's, it's good to be back in the saddle. Uh, one of the teams that I cover made it all the way to the state championship. And so I was uh, a, a bit involved in in all my fall sports but we have a little bit of a lull as we go to fall from fall to spring what better time to fill the gap than with a little triple option pass baby nothing better
1: yeah and we're coming back at a quite an explosive time in college football it's been (laughs) a while since we've had this active of it is not even the off season yet this active of coaching changes and and players going to the transfer portal, upsets, you name it. It's, it's been pretty nuts lately.
0: It's, it's funny to see how the early signing period has made such a huge impact on college football as a whole. Whereas before we thought it was just, you know, a way to get a better view of your, of your recruiting class before actual national signing day. Whereas now it's like, if we're going to move on from our coach, we may as well do it now so that, you know, we, we, we don't lose out on another recruiting class. And it's become this year-long cycle where anything can happen anytime. But we, as you said, really got the most of it this, these past couple of weeks.
1: <laughs> yeah, so jumping straight into it. Uh, Lincoln Riley, of course, he is going to USC. Um, the dude has already been getting paid. You know, he had a four-year, 39 million extension before the season even started. And now he's getting 10 years, I think, what, over $100 million to go and resurrect the Trojans. And that was really the shocker because, you know, uh, as many people know, the night before, people were trying to call that he was going to go to LSU. (laughs) Turns out they had that wildly incorrect. He never denied that he wasn't going anywhere. He just said it wasn't LSU. And then the He's next playing day, chess,
0: not checkers.
1: Exactly. Lo and behold, he becomes the Trojans coach. So, uh, you know, how, how do you kind of feel about this side? I mean, obviously, it's a good thing for USC, but uh, just just kind of as a whole.
0: You know, I really like it because you know, uh, the LA kids have been getting hemorrhaged out of the state of California. Like, they're going just about everywhere but staying home. And obviously, Lincoln Riley has that recruiting gene and is bringing most of his staff from Oklahoma, too. So even if it, if he's not the guy pulling in the kids, whoever is is coming with him. Like he's bringing Alex Grinch, he's bringing everybody. So I I I think that college football is better off when USC is good. It is embarrassing that they are, you know what what are they? you like a three win team and terrible. Like that that's just not good for football. I I think they pick it up in the Pac-12. Other teams will follow suit, and I overall i'm I'm excited for the move i I hope that he succeeds <laughs> despite how hard oklahoma fans are are coping with this
1: yeah and I, it's totally reasonable for oklahoma fans to to you know have some troubles dealing with this i mean, you guys had this man locked in and he just kind of bolts out of nowhere really i mean oh he was i mean they've had adversity this season uh, but they've obviously been in the national conversation for years now so uh, quite an interesting thing for them but uh, you know as I was telling you beforehand you know with Ryan and I we got in this talk about most desirable jobs. Well all three are filled now but I I tell them I told them that I was making the case for USC and there's really no reason that USC shouldn't be, you know, the Ohio State Pac 12. Oh a hundred percent. With Lincoln Riley here, I mean they get exactly that. Uh, I mean, this guy is probably going to, I'm a little bit scared as a, you know, Notre Dame fan, uh, (laughs) face this guy every single season now. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I agree. Even from, even from a Notre Dame perspective, our rivalry had just died because, you know, USC, they haven't been that great. Uh, right. (laughs) So now actually kind of be in some competitive matchups with them. It's going to, is going to be good? And as you said, uh, College football is much better when USC uh, is alive and active. So good for them. Um, and and of course we gotta <laughs> we gotta bring up the next crazy thing. Uh, only a few days later, uh, starting what uh, Tuesday? Tuesday? What no Monday? Brian Kelly.
0: Yeah, it's on Monday.
1: <laughs> Brian Kelly decides that he wants to dip Notre Dame and go to LSU. Um, (laughs) Quite an interesting move. What are your initial
0: thoughts on it, Ryan? You know, I I get out of my rec league volleyball game. I had a doubleheader on Monday, and I come to my phone. I have eight text messages and a bajillion group chat messages that Brian Kelly is leaving for LSU. So quite a shock to the system. But, you know, I... I get it just because of the academic restrictions that come along with being at the University of Notre Dame. But I mean, Notre Dame's a national brand and it's not like they're turning their four and five star kids away because the, the grades aren't good enough. They make it work. This is I, I think it's a bit of a lateral move. I am <laughs> floored that he chose to do this. I mean, as a Notre Dame fan, do you, do you see the same kind of things that I'm seeing?
1: Yeah, you know, I, honestly, I agree with you. Uh, I, I do feel like it's a lateral move. Obviously, there's not as many restrictions at LSU. Uh, you could take Box of Rocks 101 and and be able to, you know, make yourself a life, uh, and that's fine. I mean, LSU they're literally designed to push kids to the to the NFL. That's that's completely fine. So I get where uh, you know Notre Dame is coming, or sorry, where Brian Kelly is coming from here, uh, but. You know, as you said, this is this is just such a such a lateral and kind of random move. Uh, personally, I, I mean, I've seen a lot of you know Irish fans heard about it. I personally am not. Uh, you know, I know it sounds kind of crazy. You know, this is a guy that literally has the most career wins at the university now, um, and you know, got him got him to the national championship and playoffs twice, but. It was just something about him that could never, you know, put them over the top, and I think it was honestly him that kind of held them back. Uh, and At and time, so sure. It, it's like one of those things where it's I have a lot of respect for him for you know returning Notre Dame to the national level. There's no doubt about that. Like the wins, right. uh, the notoriety, bringing in recruiting classes. He did that. He brought them to where they're at now. But um, now that they're where they're at now, they can get somebody else who could potentially actually, you know, win those big games. Uh, (laughs) Their only big win was over Clemson with the backup quarterback who obviously sucks this season. So, um, I think I think it's just one of those no hard feelings thing for me. I think he could have done it much better than what he did.
0: Oh yeah, um, <laughs> didn't, he didn't tell his players <laughs> first and gave him a, a ten minute meeting before he skipped town.
1: <laughs> yeah, and literally it, it was either two minutes or eleven minutes. Uh, so either uh, one, not great. Yeah, either way, it's not great, and just to, to come out of left field and do it like that, have them all figure it out through social media. Just just an overall bad look. But um yeah, I mean it's it's a move that we'll we'll see how it works out. SEC talent is obviously way stronger. Uh we'll see if Brian Kelly could be successful in that climate.
0: Absolutely. I mean he's losing the only good players on his team next year. So it'll be it, it's a rebuild. He's not gonna step in and start winning right away with LSU, that's for sure. They're gonna be a doormat next year.
1: Yeah, um, and then the less the less notable of the two big names, I should say, uh, but still a great hire. Florida hires Billy Napier uh, to um, what? I don't even know. I don't even know the the contract amount, but he had signed an extension before the year, obviously making a lot more. Uh, Florida, uh, you know, we both are are big supporters of the Rage and Cajun football. Uh, fandom. So, you know, what, what are your initial thoughts on this hire for Florida?
0: You know, it was, it was a long time coming for Billy Napier. I mean, he was always kind of the, the golden boy, the, the wait and see where he ends up. And he turned down last year, he turned down Auburn and he turned down South Carolina. And so we, we shall see if, uh, if, if this turns out to be the smart move for Florida. I mean, a lot of teams may end up looking stupid for not getting him earlier, especially the guys that we just talked about that hired Brian Kelly. I mean, if they let him get out from underneath them like that. That is, that'll, that'll be quite the look, but um, Napier has shown that he's a winner. Napier's has shown that he is a hell of a recruiter. And so we'll, we'll see if those things get, um, you know, multiplied at Florida or if it'll, if it'll just kind of be a, a Mullen thing where it's a nice name when it's coming in, but he can't kind of step up to the bright lights and the, and the big expectations.
1: Yeah. I mean, I agree. I, he has all the potential in the world of Florida. I mean, obviously it's one of the best recruiting grounds in the nation, um, something that he's particularly good at. Um, he was able to bring in tons of great athletes to Louisiana, another great recruiting ground, uh, though very competitive. So now that he's got the brand, you know, now that he's got the gators, uh, a very attractable or attractive uh, school. I, I think it'll work out. Uh, we'll see how it goes. I think his play style fits both quarterbacks that are there right now. Agree. Um, and Levi, Levi
0: Lewis on steroids, both of them. Yeah,
1: yeah, literally. So, um, especially, I mean, he, they've they've got talent all around uh, on the whiteouts, um, tight ends. You name it, uh, it's all there, and it and it will be there. So it's up to Billy Napier to kind of formulate that all and and make it work.
0: Yeah, this might this might be the opposite of the Brian Kelly situation. I think that Florida's might be set up to start winning now. Like Mullen didn't do a great job in recruiting, but he was pretty consistently top fifteen. And there's there's not a lack of talent at Florida like there is currently at LSU. Like like Anthony Rich, Richardson may choose to stay. That has been up in the air. But F- Florida's got dudes, and Napier's got that kind of plug and play offense where. We we might see an immediate turnaround with with them. I mean, that may be a lot to expect from a guy's coaching power five ball for the first time, but I mean, you never know.
1: Yeah, I I can see something that is better than you know what drink Drinkwitz has done um, at Missouri. Obviously, Drinkwitz oh, yeah, totally. doesn't have you know stellar athletes like Florida does. But, Way harder job. uh, if Drinkwist were to have the Florida job from what I've seen from his job at Missouri, I mean, he'd, he'd be in pretty good position right now. I mean, he's, he's been able 100%. to to coach up some not as good players uh, <laughs> to put it politely uh, into a pretty decent football team. So uh, yeah, that'll be good. So, you know, uh,
0: Napier is going to have a hell of a long leash because they had to pay a $3 million buyout for him, $12 million to buy Mullen out of his contract. And now they're paying Napier like he, he's going to have a good three or four year window before they have the funds to even to even fire him. So, I mean, if, if things don't go well year one, he'll be fine.
1: Yeah, that and plus, I mean, Florida has had this extensive history now of of allowing coaches to have long leashes. So exactly. minus uh, Mullen. Yeah, mine is fallen. So uh, that one was reasonable. So, <laughs> um, and on to the other filled positions. Uh, Ryan, would you like to start tackling some of these?
0: Sure. I mean, we got them list- listed out in alphabetical order. So I'll just start at the top. Though this is the bottom job. Um, Akron, our friends over there in Western Ohio, are rolling with Joe Moorhead. You may recognize that name as formerly the head coach at Mississippi State. And was one of the first OCs at Penn State as James Franklin kind of made his his grand entrance onto the Big Ten scene. Uh, most recently, OC at Oregon. I I don't know if he's going to finish out the season there with them or not. Either way, um, he is. He's a genius. He's a he's an offensive genius. But it's Akron, man. Aim a little higher. That is legitimately one of the five hardest jobs in an FBS football. Like. Joe Moore had. I feel like I, I saw what happened at Mississippi State. You can do better than Akron as your rebound job, man. I mean, it, Yeah, I, I don't get it. He is he is a really hot commodity still. I, I don't feel like he had to do this.
1: I mean, maybe he's just trying to get into the head coaching game, and if he's able to show results at Akron, he'll get you know a bigger job again. Who knows? I I don't I don't know.
0: I mean. <sighs> Fair, fair enough. G- good for you, Joe Moore. I hope that I hope that you get the zips rolling. Um, elsewhere, uh, Georgia Southern hires the the former head coach of USC, Clay Helton. This is so uninspired for a traditional. I, I'm writing Georgia Southern off of my of my darlings list. This is sad. <laughs> so obviously, uh, USC did not run the triple option. So Georgia Southern will not be running the triple option anymore unless Clay Helton is going to make a drastic change in philosophy. So, you know, we, we are seeing at Georgia tech right now, how long it takes to rebuild a team from a triple team, even if they were kind of an augmented version into like a traditional offense. So uh, things are not good right now in Statesboro and it's not going to get better. So, you know, what what would you grade this higher Devin? do you think that the Georgia Southern made a good choice?
1: I'll give it a B minus. Clay Helton's kind of a big, big ish name for Georgia Southern. Uh, big, big, big fish,
0: small pond. I can, I can get behind that.
1: That, but that's that's about it to the to the statement. Uh, mm-hmm. Helton's obviously had his success, uh, but really, was that success fueled by the talent? I mean, uh, yeah, he
0: was coaching in the second or third most talent rich area in the United States. And yeah. sucked.
1: Well, and not just that. I mean, like, was it really Sam Darnold that just led that entire USC team to where they were at? I mean, that saved his it's job true. for years. Uh, mm-hmm. But anyways, uh really sucked that they fired Chad <laughs> Lunsford. It, it did not make very much sense. I'm not totally sure what they're doing there. Uh,
0: I mean, I they weren't winning, but... They weren't ready, but they
1: weren't bad either. Yeah, I'm not saying to settle
0: sometimes at Georgia Southern. You're not always going to be the Florida beaters. Sometimes you're going to have down years. Like, just get back on the trail, man.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, uh, I think it's just a little bit of a rash decision that they bring in Clay Helton. So, we'll see how it goes. Uh, But unfortunately, the uh, top crew is very sad by the hiring of a non-triple
0: coach. Well, we'll move on to a bit of a happier hire, which is Jerry Kill at New Mexico State. This, this brought a smile to my face when I saw that he got another shot at being a head coach. You may remember Jerry Kill, uh, pre-PJ Fleck days at Minnesota, um, had the program kind of rolling in a good spot and then forced to retire due to his ongoing battle with seizures and other me- medical issues. I believe he had cancer at one point, just couldn't catch a break, forced to retire. Uh, he comes back into the assistant game. Uh, he's most recently the assistant head coach at TCU. And now he's getting another shot at be, at leading a program. It's going to fail. He will not bring New Mexico state back because there is no bringing New Mexico state back. I don't care if you're joining the CUSA, it's New Mexico state, but good for Jerry kill back, back on the scene, coaching football again. It, it It's, it's good to see. Yeah,
1: it's kind of funny because we we've, we probably said the same thing about UTSA, and look where they're at now.
0: <laughs> it's, it's true. I have written off UTSA and UTEP as a as a as a pair before, so I I, it's possible, I guess. But
1: uh, yeah, oof. we'll we'll put it in the
0: possible category. Yeah, we will say cautiously optimistic for Jerry <laughs> Kill at New Mexico State. Um, elsewhere in that. Region of the country, uh, Southern Methodist SMU, our our darling ponies, who I have really enjoyed watching this year. They have a a really fun offense with Tanner Mordecai, but they will not be bringing back um, Sonny Dykes, who was co- who was recruited to go take the head coaching job at TCU. Instead, now we got Rhett Lashley, uh, the the most recently offensive coordinator at um at Miami, and th- this writing was on the wall the second that. Dykes accepted the TCU job like it was pretty um, those that remember Lashley was the OC back when SMU was making their first like holy shit the ponies are back yeah so you knew that he was next in line no matter what he did uh, after that season so uh, makes sense and it should kind of keep the pony away going so I mean plus is there but it's not It's not the greatest hire in the world but it's, it gets like a high B for me yeah, I, I see no problems with it. Yeah, and so, and then we have to obviously get to Sonny Dykes, who you know <laughs> leaves the program with a loss to Rice, not an ideal way to go <laughs> out. But um, he's he's heading on to TCU, uh, taking over the Horn Frogs after the retirement or not retirement, but uh, TCU and Gary Patterson, who has a statue in front of the of the damn stadium, have. Quote, uh, agreed to part ways, which means TCU said, we're going to fire you, uh, but you can you can make it seem nice if you want and use this language.
1: We'll, we'll give um, you
0: severance. Yeah. Um, TCU in the Patterson era was built on defense, and now they are turning a 100% 180. <laughs> because if there's one thing that Sonny Dykes doesn't give a shit about, it's stopping <laughs> the other team from scoring. He's, he's just like, as long as I put up 60-plus, then we'll win, right? So no issues there. Uh, so an entire culture change coming up for the Horn Frogs. Uh, I, I personally wasn't blown away by the hire. What did you think? I thought TC was a better job than Sunny Dykes.
1: Yeah, I think I think it's a better program than Sunny Dykes. But I mean, I'm also not upset with the hire. I mean, yes, yeah, uh, it's, it's
0: a C. It's yeah,
1: whatever. It, it's it's good for what Sunny Dykes has been able to do at SMU. I mean. Uh, regardless of their defensive woes or just lack of care, uh, they've they've really turned it around at SMU uh, in in a really big oh, way. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, him kind of rebuilding that program and maybe just maybe just the fresh mind, I guess, maybe a fresh new uh, you know set of ideas for TCU could do some good. I mean, Gary's been there for what like. I don't even know how many years at this point it, it's been forever. Yeah. Like uh, brought
0: them out of the whack and <laughs> yeah. like, it's been that long.
1: <laughs> like, yeah. Like the dude has is one of the all time wins leaders, uh, which is impressive for, for TCU. So um, new, new philosophy. We'll see how it goes.
0: Yeah. I'll, I'll say this. I'm more excited for SMU going forward with Lashley than I am for TCU with Sonny Dykes. Fair enough. It, it, it brings more excitement to me. Speaking of hirings that I am excited about, Texas Tech understood their role. Thank you, Tech, for finally washing out the last of, of Leech and not trying to be, oh, we're we're an air raid school. No, fuck that. Be understand that you're this tiny nobody cares about you's town in Texas and lean into how Texas you are. So they hired Joey McGuire who most people don't know that name. I mean, I didn't before his name started circling for this, but it makes so much sense. So he was a Texas high school coaching legend. Like he won four state Texas titles at the highest level. And so this dude is plugged in. He was, he was an assistant most recently at Baylor, just helping him get Texas kids, just helping him keep the kids close. that are getting produced and tech sees that. And they're like, we're going in. We are, we are being Texas as hell, which is what they got to do. And I, I a hundred percent support this. I think that tech is being realistic about who they are and what they can be. And I think that this will help get them out of the kind of the doldrums that they're in right now.
1: Yeah. I mean, we talk about how important, uh, those, those homegrown type of guys are, right? Like the ones that understand the recruiting ground understands, you know, what, what the area means to certain people and, and all that good stuff. It's that's especially important in the state of Texas. And with, with this type of hire, you get somebody that has experience on the collegiate level at the highest high school level um, and, and someone who just knows the state of Texas and quite frankly, probably its surrounding areas quite well. Uh, and, and as you said, I I mean, it's, it's a really good hire to kind of get that homegrown talent, uh, especially in Lubbock where, um,
0: obviously not the most popular place in Texas. It's, it's a really cool experiment and I'm excited to see, I hope it works out for them. I really hope that they just become like the, we are Texas team and just really lean into that. And I hope they see, see success with it. Um, out of the five jobs remaining that we need to talk about, I don't like four of them. Can I just list them off real quick? Say yeah, why they suck. And and then you can comment if you want, and then we'll get to the one good hire. <laughs> yeah. So UConn did a bad job. Uh, they they hired Jim Mora. You may remember him as the one-time coach of UCLA, um, was a broadcaster. It's UConn. They're looking to drop down to SCS anyways, like eh, whatever. UMass one of the worst fucking teams in recent memory, made an internal hire to replace the coach that they fired. Can you can you spell dumb shit and doesn't go U-M-A-S-S? Like, what are you thinking? It didn't work. <laughs> you hired a guy from the team that didn't work. You know, the, UMass is asking for it. They're just going to keep being bad. Whatever. Virginia Tech said, you know, the Justin Fuente experiment didn't work we're going back to the Frank Beamer days. And so they hire uh, Brent pry who is the defensive coordinator at Penn state. Uh, he was at Virginia tech back in the, uh, the glory days of Beamer ball. And so they, they said, we're going to quit trying and we're just going to do what worked for us in the nineties. Certainly it'll work again. Pfft, fuck you guys. It's <laughs> so boring. And then Washington state, um, traditionally not a good team makes another internal hire. Um, with Jake Dickert was the interim uh, in place of Rolovich after he was fired for his COVID shenanigans, you know, just again, uninspired. I feel like you got Mike Leach to fucking come to Washington state. I feel like you can do better than the guy guy that was already here. I feel like we can do better than that. But the other team in the state of Washington, uh, actually, do you have any comments that you'd like to make on any of these before we get to the Huskies? No, that's perfect. (laughs) So we'll get to the Huskies that did a good job of hiring. And that will be the University of Washington with Kalen DeBoer of Fresno State. Genius move here. The dude knows offense. um, Did a great job at IU as OC. Makes a move out to Fresno. uh, Builds that program immediately. The the offense is fun. The offense is exciting. And so now he's going to get a shot at at the big boy. You know, Washington's always been this defensive juggernaut. Try out an offensive coach. That's fine. Uh I'm I'm willing to see how it goes. Uh what what about you?
1: Yeah, I agree. I think I actually like this hire. Um obviously we've come to know Fresno these past few years as a as a program that's on the ups and uh, you know, really start the I mean, they've always been a good program in the Mountain West, uh, but you know, especially so these last, you know, couple seasons. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I, I do like it, uh, really great job for, for him to, you know, come in and and get the Washington job, uh, awesome recruiting grounds. Uh, people seem to just love to go to the school. Um, and, and I think it'll, it'll turn out pretty good for him. Hopefully, hopefully.
0: Yeah. I'd I'd really like to see it go well. I mean, Fresno at Fresno, DeBoer kind of learned how to poach. The, those California kids, how to find the ones that kind of slip through the cracks, which is how you win at Washington. At Washington, you, you, rec- you recruit Hawaii and you recruit the kids that are under the radar at, uh, in, in the state of California that don't get scooped. Like, that's just how you win games. And so I, I think it's a really smart, similar to the Texas Tech, a guy that un- understands the ground, understands what it's going to take to win games here. I, I just think he did a really good job with that hire. Absolutely. Uh, let, let's knock out the last of the of the coaching search portion of the, of the program today so with with the hirings that we just talked about there are still quite a few remaining jobs open in uh, fbs football we have duke as david cutcliffe is mercifully released from his time the, the, the times have just passed him sad to yeah. see yeah Florida international parting ways with butch davis they are open and a whole scandal as he went out the door so
1: yeah,
0: <laughs> who knows if anyone's out. willing they have to sign an AD before they sign a head coach. So FIU is going (laughs) to be, they're going to be vacant for a while
1: before they do
0: anything. (laughs) First thing you find an athletic director and then a conference, and then maybe they can start worrying about hiring a coach. (laughs) So there's a whole shit show going on down there. Um, Obviously Fresno is open as DeBoer moves on. They've had a host of really solid um, assistants the last couple of years. I assume one of them is going to get a call much like DeBoer was. When he was called home from uh, Indiana, Yay. Louisiana's open with Billy Napier leaving. No idea who's going to take that. I mean, fairly
1: enticing job though. Uh, yeah, that obviously is a great team he's built up there,
0: and Napier has shown that it's very possible to build a winner there with uh, kind of the scraps that LSU doesn't take out of Louisiana. So that that should be high on everyone's list. Uh, Louisiana Tech uh, fired Skip Holtz, which was oh, damn stupid. Nice what do you mean about damn time it's louisiana tech what do you want man it
1: feels it just it's just been so long to see skip Holtz's name i
0: think that louisiana tech's not gonna like life without skip holtz i think they're gonna Uh, see a lot more three and nine years than this one blip on his radar for skip holtz's career and they'll be like oh shit now it's really hard to win nine plus games (laughs) Um, and then we got a couple of heavy hitters down here. Uh, Notre Dame is open, obviously, as Brian Kelly's moved on. Um, Marcus Freeman's name is circling there. Uh, Luke Fickle's name is cir- circling there. It's well, have to there's a lot on that one. A lot, even that, as far as rule. Yeah, those are like, two good options to be <laughs> the the two top names swirling around. It's it must be nice to be Notre Dame. And then uh, OU, Oklahoma, obviously open as Lincoln rallies off the USC. Another one that will attract the biggest and the best names, much like the Notre Dame job. Another one that Rule was a, apparently linked to. The, I don't know why the, they think that guy wants to come back so bad. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. And then the last two big heavyweights that are open, uh, Temple. <laughs> former Troy. former Rule School. Yeah, former Rule School. I heard that he's going to come back to uh, Temple and build it back up again because <laughs> mm-hmm. he doesn't want to coach the – Carolina fucking pay You're an idiot if you think he's like, oh, I can't wait to go recruit 16-year-olds again. I'm so tired of working with guys who get paid to do this. <laughs> uh, okay, so Temple and Troy are open too. Who cares? They're going to hire some some upstart assistant or something, and they're going to fail most likely at Temple. And yeah, Troy, they'll, they'll probably be good. Temple's a decent job. Uh, Temple is made to suffer. They're a private school in Philadelphia. They are. I, I do agree
1: with that. But the potential that is there just hasn't been kind of executed yet. I mean, they're they're right in the thick of some great recruiting places. Not that they would get you know highly done recruits by any means, but uh, if they were to get someone that was very proactive in the recruiting game uh, and actually knew what they were doing on offense, hence a Matt Rule, uh, they could they could formulate to be something decent.
0: How funny would it be if when Manny Diaz gets fat gets fired after this season, he's like, now I'll take the Temple job. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Troy moved on from Chip Lindsey. Lindsey had Troy roll, rolling for a while down there in yeah. Alabama, but you know it is really hard to maintain. Like Seth Latrell will tell you over at North Texas, it's hard to keep things rolling when you're at a low level power or group of five team. That's yeah. not really supposed to be good. So, you know, recruiting fell off for him. And as, as when recruiting did production and so he's out, he'll land somewhere. He's a very good coach, but just, you know, I a, a needed, a needed new scenery for both Troy and Lindsay. So kind of saw that one coming. Uh, that, that'll do it for the coaching portion of this. Let's, let's get on to the, let's get onto the games coming up this weekend. Let's talk about a little, little actual game
1: yeah (laughs) hold on we're gonna pause it real quick i gotta
0: switch the chicken out (laughs) (laughs) all right sounds good now i don't have to mute myself dude all right
1: we have resumed recording all right so uh,
0: what's up baby fuck you again
1: (laughs) (laughs) back to the game so uh yeah so that concludes our. Or you could you could do that part.
0: <laughs> oh shit. <clears throat> um, okay. Ready. Yep. And that'll about wrap up uh, everything that we need to talk about with the with the co- with the coaching carousel. Uh, do you want to get into the the games that we need to be looking at for this upcoming weekend?
1: Absolutely. Uh, this is by far one of the best coffers championship weekends we've had in a long time. Um, nearly oh, every matchup, league. nearly every matchup is the one to watch. Yeah,
0: honestly, I, I would watch all of these, but the Pac-12. That's
1: fair. <laughs> yeah, that one's not very good. Uh, <laughs> but but in reality, here, um, there's obviously a lot on the line. Uh, there's tons of top games. Obviously, the the mainstay here is is Georgia and Bama, uh, not. Surprisingly, that is also the one with the highest ticket prices. Um, <laughs> number one versus number three. Uh, Georgia wins. Bama's out of the playoffs more than likely. Bama wins. Bama stays in the playoffs. Georgia stays in the playoffs. And then we got a whole bunch of buffoonery.
0: Yeah, Let's, let's all pray for the sake of our sanity and for the sake of the takes on Twitter that Georgia just takes care of business and beats Alabama because my God, just the conversation of who becomes number one is, gives me a migraine thinking about it, let alone who who gets that fourth spot.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, um, outside of that, we of course have a big one with Michigan and Iowa. Now, a lot of people are probably going you know, to doubt Iowa into this one. They've obviously been on a backslide, but they're still a very good team. Uh, and one that can compete with Michigan. I mean, if Michigan State can compete with Michigan, so can Iowa. Uh, I think this one will kind of be an interesting game to watch. I'm not totally sure if Iowa will be able to pull off that win, but uh,
0: there's definitely some potential there. Yeah, the, the offense is just so stinky for Iowa. It's, it's, it's the one thing that gives me pause, because like you just said, that defense immediately brings to your mind you're just like, oh, shit, Can we? do we have a game on our hands? But Iowa can get all the stops they want. They're, I don't think they're going to score <laughs> offensively against Michigan. So it's going to be a boring game, but I, I, I don't see Michigan dropping this one by accident at all.
1: Yeah, it's, it'll be a tough task. Um, and then we have one that could decide Oklahoma State getting into the playoffs. And that would be Baylor and Oklahoma state. Uh, If Oklahoma state wins, will the committee put them in over Cincinnati? uh, If that were to be the case, Um, my guess is those greedy a holes more than likely would put Oklahoma state over Cincinnati. Uh, (laughs) But regardless, this is going to be a good game. I mean, Baylor and Oklahoma state, Two fairly even teams, both that beat Oklahoma. Uh, Baylor just has one more loss in Oklahoma State. This is going to be a really, really good one.
0: Yeah, I don't think that we're going to have to worry about Oklahoma State jumping he because I think Baylor's going to win this game. Wow. I, I think Oklahoma State is a really good defense, and I, I like it a lot. Spencer Sanders is has played terrible this year. <laughs> the, the offense is less than a non-factor. Of course, the one year that Oklahoma State gets a defense is their offense that sucks. Come on. Are you kidding me? But, um, yeah, I, I see Baylor winning this one. Uh, that's if their quarterback can play. I don't, I don't know if he's healthy, actually. I, I may rescind my, my my hot take. Is I, Bohannon good? I don't know, actually. You know what? You start talking about the next game while I look up if Bohannon's healthy. All right, yeah, that's fair. Uh, then,
1: of course, the... Uh, Speaking of Cincinnati, they still need to take care of business if they do want a shot at the title game. Uh, and they got to play Claytoon and the very explosive, very dynamic 11-1 Houston Cougars. Uh, they're just as bit as good uh, on the offensive end, at least, uh, as, as any team in the country. I, I know that Ryan's a big supporter of some, some Houston Cougars football. Uh, I love you know, Claytoon. What is, what is something you see in this game? Does, does, I mean, personally, I think Cincinnati steps up most in the biggest moments. Uh,
0: does their defense shut down the Cougars? Let me tell you, um, I am shocked that Houston is 21. They're, they're fun. They're a fun group of five team. Don't get me wrong. They are not even in the same stratosphere as Cincinnati. I, I I don't think they're a top twenty-five team. They're fun. Claytoon is a an above-average group of five quarterback, but the rest of the roster is really not. I I don't think that they're better better than Cincinnati in any specific aspect of the game. I think Cincinnati has a tendency to play down sometimes. This is the championship to get into the playoff. I feel like they're going to bring it, and I I don't I don't feel like Cincinnati's in danger in this one. I feel like they should be. Winning this one pretty handily.
1: Yeah, I think I think since he takes this one home, there's just an extra gear that they know how to get to, uh, and yeah. I feel like they get to it. Um, and then in the ACC, this might be the funnest of all of
0: them. Honestly. I'm so excited for this one.
1: I have too. Pittsburgh takes on Wake Forest at eight o'clock. Two incredibly explosive offenses. Two decent. I mean. Pittsburgh's defense is obviously good. Wake Forest is definitely nothing to look at. But the thing that's kept them both where they're at is their offenses. I mean, what is something that you kind of see in this game?
0: Uh, Soon-to-be top-ten pick Kenny Pickett I think is going to lead my darling Pitt Panthers to a win here. Um, Wake is a lot of smoke and mirrors. Wake is... um, I... I feel like that you there's no way that the the Nard Dog sees all this season long of film from Wake. They run like four plays. <laughs> the offense is not hard to digest. It's just that teams don't figure it out until it's too late live. I feel like the Nard Dog can, you know, get some kind of game plan in there, eliminate two of the four plays and get the get the defense off the field. I, I like pitting this one. Yeah, and honestly, I
1: think it's a complete toss-up. Uh, Pitt definitely looks like the stronger team this season, but, mm-hmm. man, Wake Forest is one one fun football team to watch. So uh, I, I think it's a toss-up, and it, it, it definitely could come down to the wire. There's no doubt about
0: that. Um, Remember when Pitt lost to Western Michigan? I do, and that feels like ages ago, man. I wrote them off completely. I was like, I'm so stupid for saying they're going to be good this year. <laughs> I was just disappointed in them and myself. And then they rattle off like eight in a row. I'm like, Oh, cool. Yeah. By the way, Bohan is uncertain for the big uncertain. 12 championship, which means that he's going to play and that they're just trying to keep it on the, on the wraps. So okay. me, well, if, he,
1: if he doesn't play and Oklahoma state wins, does that hurt their chances of the playoffs?
0: Oh, I see what you're saying. Like, will the committee be like? Well, you only won the Big Twelve because, because they
1: literally well, just said they just said this week because of the whole Notre Dame backlash. They said that they will take into consideration coaches and or players. Now, that's not fair, of course. No, but of course not. The committee <laughs> it's, is it's not committee. fair. It's right. It's one of the most rigged things on this in the entire sports landscape.
0: Here's how it's so, going. To look. Here's here's my prediction. It's gonna is gonna beat Bama, so is gonna lock in at one. Michigan's gonna beat Iowa, lock in at two. Cincy will beat Houston, lock themselves in at three, replacing Bama, who drops out as Oklahoma State wins and takes four.
1: I like that prediction. That's the one that I feel is most likely, but at the same time, Kirby Smart and Nick Saban pretty storied pass and Kirby just still hasn't been able to get the hump, but this could could very well be the year that they do it.
0: Um, And then if Oklahoma state loses, I believe Notre Dame makes the jump over Bama into the four spot.
1: That's fair. Uh, That's fair. Um, and then we have, uh, just, just in lighter notes, Louisiana and app state, uh, yet another battle (laughs) here. Um, (laughs) For this the is a fucking
0: group of five Titans. This will this will be an awesome game to watch.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, App Stays, oddly enough, had a down year at 10 and 2. Like, that sounds stupid to say. Uh,
0: but, but it is. It is for them. They expect 9 to 10.
1: Yeah. And they lost to Louisiana earlier this year, 41 to 13. Uh, fucking but thumped them. Followed it up by defeating. The ever-beloved Coastal Carolina, thirty to twenty-seven. So, this team's all over the place. Um, either way, it's good. It, it'll hopefully be a great game. Uh, we'll see if Louisiana does what they did to
0: him earlier this season. Um, I think that's what we're actually with Napier gone. Who knows? If they're going to even give a shit anymore. That's. I mean, this true entire well. team. This entire team is fifth-year seniors that came back because Napier. Sold him on like, hey, let's come back, let's let's run this one more time, win a championship, win a bowl game. But now, now he's gone. So
1: maybe that gives him an extra edge. Finish this thing yeah. out.
0: They're, they're either going to be pissed off and win by seventy or not give a shit. Yeah, that's fair.
1: Um, and then, of course, we have Kent State, Northern Illinois, and the, and the MAC Championship. Uh, Woo! Should be a good game there. They were in quite the barn burner earlier this year. Uh, Coming down to a fifty-two to forty-seven game where both teams were literally just scoring on like sixty-yard plays each each time they got the ball, <laughs> it was absolutely ridiculous and a complete display of Mac defense. I loved it. Uh, so this one could be could turn out to be a good one. Uh, San Diego State and Utah State,
0: not going to be a very good one. Uh, yeah, this is San what I Diego meant earlier State. when I said that the Pac-12 would suck. I meant the the Mountain West. I misspoke.
1: Yeah, San Diego State's going to have their hands all over Utah State. Though, we must give credit where credit is due. We shat on uh, whatchamacallit's move from Arkansas State to Utah State. Yeah, Blake Anderson. Blake Anderson. And look what he's done. It first year, year. Year
0: one. Has those nine kids playing and three. for him. Nine and
1: three, and the Mountain West Championship. While Arkansas State is just in the in the gutter this year.
0: So, yep, Anderson is a something. he is a group of five winner. It is unquestionable. Yeah. That dude just gets shit done.
1: Absolutely, and we have the sad Pac twelve championship between USC and California. Uh,
0: no, 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 the Pac twelve is on Friday. USC and Cal are just playing for funsies.
1: Oh, oh yeah, you're right. Sorry, Oregon and Utah. I completely skipped that over. I <laughs> Why USC and Cal are playing on championship weekend? Okay. Might, I,
0: might as well. Uh,
1: I can't believe I just put USC and Cal in, in the Pac-12 championship and connected that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for stopping me. Oregon and Utah. Another great battle. These two are always back and forth. Obviously, Utah won the first battle uh, handily this year, um, but this, this, is, this is neutral site. Utah plays Oregon quite well at home. This
0: is neutral site. It'll be interesting to see how this one turns out. Give me Utah by double digits. They are the hottest team in football. They're going to wreck Iowa in the Rose Bowl after they wreck Oregon in the Pac-12 championship.
1: Give me the Utes. Give oh, me the Utes. Man. I haven't Another team. that since, since week so,
0: zero. So quick to write them off this year. We're like, we even had conversations back when we were regularly podcasting about like, is this Whittingham's worst Utah team? Then Brewer gets benched. They put in the new kid that, can, that throws for 500 yards a game. All of a sudden, Utah is looking like the best team that Whittingham has had at Utah. Like, it's... What a crazy turn of events this year! But yeah, I don't think that there is any stopping them through the end of this of this season.
1: Yeah, it'll, it'll definitely be a fun one to watch though. There on Friday night, eight p.m. Definitely tune in. A respectable Pac-12 time. I uh, definitely unusual for the West Coast to get a to get a four <laughs> o'clock game, uh, especially the Pac-12 championship. So um, that'll be nice. And then, of course, UTSA and Western Kentucky. UTSA by a lot. I don't know.
0: I like Western in this one. You like Western in this one? Bailey Zappi is that is that fucking dude. He's my heisman. <laughs> I mean, fifty two to
1: forty six of their first beating this season. Is obvious that Western Kentucky can compete with UTSA. But that was also before UTSA turned on the fucking Jets. Oh, and you just, mean like they
0: did against North Texas? Hey.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I just mean it, it, that yeah, whatever.
0: Uh, uh, Bailey Zappy is going to break Joe Burrow's touchdown record in a season. In this game.
1: I guess we will see if he does it in this game. It'll
0: be uh, like that is bananas. I thought that that uh, record would never fall. And here comes an FCS transfer from Houston Baptist that's going to break it like two years later.
1: <laughs> yeah. 52 touchdowns, nine interceptions, nearly 5,000 yards passing on the year. Uh, do you think he gets any, any NFL exposure?
0: Um, He's still really limited as an athlete. And as far as um, arm strength goes, he just like uber accurate in a offense that was literally made for him. But you know, I can't even say that NFL teams will take a fly around stats because Case Keenum went undrafted. So, yeah, you know that's true. Probably, probably not. But I'm sure he'll get a camp invite out of how fucking hard he's balled this year.
1: Yeah, I'm sure he'll get something uh, on the next level, hopefully. But um, is that that's that's all the games for the weekend? That's all the games for the weekend. It's all, all the games for the weekend. um so, yeah, I mean, definitely tune in this weekend. There's tons of games, college football playoff on the line for multiple teams. This is by far the biggest weekend uh, in, in college football, not his, not college football playoff history, uh, but one of the biggest in college football playoff history uh, Absolutely, thus far. So. Uh, definitely something to to definitely watch, all of you college football fans. I don't even have to deny. I don't even have to think that you wouldn't watch any of these games. I, I just know <laughs> it's going to happen. Uh, so yeah, I mean, there's a lot of prediction line that, for the Final Four. What is my prediction for the Final Four? I think, I guess I should say hope because the chances of Bama beating uh, Georgia are still quite high. Uh, yeah, that's true. But I, I'll i say my prediction will be uh, Georgia 1. Then slotting in at number 2 will be Michigan. Mm-hmm. And then Cincinnati, number 3. I like it. And then if the Georgia-Bama game is close, it'll be a three-way uh, battle, I guess you could say. Between who gets in between Bama, Oklahoma State, and uh, and Notre Dame, which Notre mm-hmm. Dame is going to get the the shit out of the stick on that one, so I guess Oklahoma State and Alabama really, uh, if if Oklahoma State's able to beat Baylor, of course. Um, mm-hmm. So I would I would still say Oklahoma State over Bama if that were to end up being the case. So that would be my one two three four, uh, but obviously that's subject to so much this weekend. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> it's, it's all must watch TV. Absolutely. What's your, what's your four? The one same, same thing. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking same thing. Um, if Bohannon plays, I, I like Baylor to beat Oklahoma state though. So it's really between, uh, Bama and Notre Dame. So I, I think Notre Dame might be my, my four right now. If everything goes as I think it will,
1: that'll definitely be an odd one. Um,
0: I see Brian Kelly's old team make the make the <laughs> playoffs. Not even just that, leagues.
1: but no matter what happens, it's a collective coaching effort for the Irish uh, in their <laughs> their game. They are not planning on naming no, an interim coach. Yep. Um, so uh, they will have certain people in charge of certain duties, and no matter where they end up that'll be quite an interesting game for at least myself and other Irish fans to watch just because there is no, well for one Brian Kelly, but just not having a head coach in general. I wonder, you know, that's, that's not something that most teams do is have mm-hmm. a collective assistant type deal. Uh, so that'll right. be interesting to see
0: hundred percent.
1: Yeah. So I think that pretty much wraps up this return to our top, program. Um, there's there's been tons to talk about. It's it's been great to to get back on here with you, Ryan, as we both have a little bit of time to do this. So uh thanks for clearing out some of your schedule. Um it's definitely been a blast.
0: Yeah, right back at you, buddy. It's it feels good to get back on the mic and hopefully we can recap and talk about this shit again next week.
1: <laughs> yeah, hopefully so and if not then we'll definitely be doing some bowl game stuff. So um, you know, and as, as, as always, of course, make sure to check out all of the other stuff going on at the um, Running Hook Podcast Network. Got tons of stuff cooking up um, all the time. It's a consistent, consistent turnout. <laughs> um, Linsanity every single week. You know it is. So um, make sure to tune in, and uh, that'll be it for tonight. And thank you all for listening. I'll talk to you later.